dear podcast friends, welcome to Insights and Beyond, Digitalization, Sustainability and Technology. The podcast by Trelleborg Ceiling Solutions. You're in the right place if you're interested in the driving questions around topics like digitalization, electrification and sustainability. And above all, if you want to participate in a discussion with your exciting questions and comments. Experience the talks with our experts from Trelleborg and specialists from business, industry and research. So have fun with a new episode of Insights and Beyond. A data flat rate here, a monthly subscription there, not to mention monthly memberships. We want life to be convenient. Everything available at any time, at the click of a mouse, as much as we want, at a reasonable price. Sounds like the perfect solution for mobility. But we search in vain for the right subscription offers in that area. And yet this could be the solution for the future. Smart, flat rate mobility, sustainable, seamless all the way to the last mile. What could sustainable, convenient mobility look like? What role does electrification play? What technologies are still missing for this vision? And above all, what are we humans prepared to do? Many questions that I'm happy to pass on to our two experts, Christoph Ulosai, founder of eVehicle for You, and Axel Weimann, general manager at Trelleborg Ceiling Solutions. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Hi. First of all, I have to ask, because I was so scared when I uh, did the self-test, how many um, subscriptions do you have and, and, and uh, yeah, memberships? Growing, growing, growing every year. And yeah, subscriptions like Netflix and, and Amazon Prime. So not doing too much uh, promotion here, but <laughs> that that's daily work. Leasing of, of cars is, is uh, maybe the last one uh, <laughs> about uh, this one. But yeah, keeps about the bank account busy. <laughs> super, super exciting to see that even in the business area, I have, I've got a lot of subscriptions. So oh, yes. all of the Microsoft and Google accounts and Adobe accounts, they are even um, they, they even come as subscriptions now. Uh, you're, you're totally right. I forgot them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we have to stop here. <laughs> Otherwise, we would fill the podcast with uh, only our list of uh, memberships and subscriptions. But our podcast is here for answering the questions of the audience. We received some questions from the Trelleborg Ceiling Conference Europe last year in November and, of course, from our audience here of the podcast. So we're going to answer them. But first of all, I want to ask the um, format question of this podcast for those who are listening the first time we have some questions um, we ask every time and this is one of them so um, Axel if someone were to give a book title about your plans on electrification in 2021 what would be the title of it yeah it's one one title but uh, I think several books so um, <laughs> it's a lot uh, which which changes so um, so the book title could be then Uh, what what stays at all, and what 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 needs to be um, rethought and 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 changed and arranged in a different way? Oh, long title. Sorry for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the never-ending story of mobility. Um, <laughs> that pointed out it very clearly. So, um, what is your book title? Well, I think it's uh, it, it, it's reusing your headline about everything as a service, and I would say something like. Make e-mobility as a service accessible um, for everybody. 
So simple solution. Yeah, that is that is also a good book title. But um, simple solution um, in terms of e-mobility or electrification for the people, it's often not simple. There are many questions out there, um, but I want to make a little turn out of it. And I want to ask you as an expert, um, what question do we have to ask ourselves to make the new normal really also sustainable? Yeah, so maybe looking to the mirror, asking yourself, did did you really try? Did you give that a, a realistic chance uh, to to enter your daily life? Uh, that's maybe uh, the question you can pose to yourself. Fair enough. That's a good question. Am I really ready for it? And did I give it a chance? That's good. What do you say? Yeah, very hard. Um, I think look at the man in the mirror. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's a good one. Ask yourself the question, are you open for it? Are you curious for it? But that's more or less it. I mean, I think there are a lot of things happening, a lot of new topics, innovations, products arising. So yeah, be open for that. And I think it fits wonderful in the world of today since we all learned over the last month new things. Uh, we, we discover that... Um, we had to. <laughs> co cooperation works in a, in a different way and it works even better maybe. So that fits wonderful into yes. this, um, into this um, new era. Man in the Mirror, thanks for uh, yeah for that song now <laughs> stuck in my head for the whole day. But um, maybe this question can help to forget the song in my head. Uh, we, we start with um, uh, the subscription um, model. I, I told you at the beginning that we have so many subscription and, and you really said, yeah, that's right. And There's really no mobility subscription in that way. We can use other things. But I found in Vienna, there's a 365 euro flat rate for all trains and buses, while Switzerland, for example, also offers mobility subscription uh, consisting of train and e-cars, tire change, insurance and taxes. Wow, this is cool. And I'm really, I'm pretty jealous uh, of our neighbors because that sounds like music to my ears. Um, so it's very individual. Let's say they created an I, an individual public transportation system. So this is already further along. Why is the flat rate mobility uh, failing in Germany? What's the problem here? A uh, very complex um, environment, I think. Um, so the, 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 we, we try to give easy answers, but um, it's, it's not so easy. So we, we have this one-fits-all car in, in the garage. Um, everybody thinks first of, of using that. But of course, um, the, the situation now changes. So we talk about um, reducing um, or, or yeah, reducing our environmental foot, footprint and emission reduction. And so therefore, everybody has to uh, rethink how he comes from A to B. And um, this is a first step for sure. There are some, some innovative ideas on top of that. And I think in, in, in Germany, for example, we, we do try to engineer everything to the last detail. And um, of course, that, that is in, in, in such a dynamic uh, situation, not maybe the, the quickest approach. That was very diplomatically uh, <laughs> answered, yeah. But uh, detail often kills the progress. Is that our real issue here in Germany? Because we overthink everything. Well, I think we have to look at the entire landscape all across Germany. And I would object 
a little bit in the statement that there are no initiatives and no subscription-based models here in Germany. I think there are plenty. Um, so so um, starting with a lot of initiatives by the big cities, so Munich, Hamburg, Berlin, with um, a couple of initiatives. But then there are also some startup companies and players that offer, for example, cask uh, subscriptions, swap feeds uh, offer spike subscriptions, and there are many more. And also, I think there are now a couple of companies that really start with uh, mobility budgets. I mean, That's not yet a flat rate, but obviously if you have a budget that you can spend then on different services regarding mobility, e-scooters, e-bikes, whatever, then you're already going into that direction. Maybe it's not that one solution all across Germany yet, but I would say that there are already a couple of very good initiatives. Yeah, but the problem is, in my opinion, it is not seamless, uh, especially when you have a look at, you mentioned the big cities, for them it's working, yes, inside that city. But for example, I'm living in Mainz, so that's near to Frankfurt and near to Wiesbaden, two different big cities, but I can't use any system, any any subscriptions uh, system to put my car from A to B because it's really restricted on the area of your city and that is in my opinion one of the main issues we have to solve but it's not about my opinion here it's about the questions of the audience so we start right away with our questions if we look at a transport revolution so this is one of the questions um, if we look at a transport revolution what role does intermodality play and what technology isn't a good technology enough for change I think technology is the answer um, to a lot of questions, of course. So um, we, we have that, um, of course, passenger cars will be there, buses, trains, we mentioned that already. But on top of that, there's about uh, micro-mobility. We, we see this electric um, uh, devices you can use, skateboards and, uh, and others. And we have also nice projects with, with, these, with these topics concerning sealing of these engines um, used there. But um, it's... It's also about, I think, changing of behavior. It's also about changing um, um, or acceptance of, of uh, new ways of uh, maybe subscribe to something and then change these devices. Um, but it has to be accompanied by technologies helping you. So with apps helping you to go from this to there in two minutes, then the, the bus will bring you there. And that's partially already existing. But as you mentioned before, it's not it's not solving each and every problem. So we need to go into a broader, um, let's say, participant list. Um, and, and that's something which just takes time, I think. Yeah, maybe we can talk about uh, your startup, uh, Christoph. Is that something which is, let's say, fill in the niche or is it really a whole concept, a new concept for e-mobility? Yes, uh, super keen to talk about my startup. I would say it... It um, works with two of the points um, you guys just mentioned. So first of all, we want to enable small businesses, hotels, serviced apartments, literally every apartment building to turn their location into a mobility station and hence offer their customers, guests, clients, whatever, like tailor-made mobility solutions, super easy on the e-vehicle platform. So let me give you an example. So if you've got an industry area with a couple of offices, etc., they shall be able to offer cargo bikes to the people working there like 
in super fast and on the e-vehicle platform. So I would say it's combining some of the um, ideas. And I would say if I come back to your technology question, Sarah, then I think technology is super important, but not from an engineering perspective, but from a service and IT perspective, because to me, as a as a user, it's maybe not that important for me if it's what kind of engine is in the car. It's super important that I come from A to B, that I can that I can do that journey with a good service. And so, um, for me, it is all about customer experience and cool services. Yeah, but I think it's also a change of um, these customer experience. Let's say um, the the the. The perception. Yeah. Um, so, so um, what what kind of engine is in that car what was very important some years ago, and is still for some people. And uh, for others, it's a growing. Uh, I don't care. Yeah. Um, so, so I think um, we we have now everything together. So a lot of things change. So perception is something, and expectation is something, and also um, of course technology. Yeah. And of course, uh, convenience. So let's talk about that point later. But before, I want to ask our uh, sci-fi or solution question. For those who are listening to us for the first time, we always have a statement um, that I created. And I asked the expert if that statement is kind of a solution for the future. So it's true or will come true. Or if it's more like the sci-fi idea created out of my creative mind. So here's the sci-fi or solution sentence. E-mobility makes technological and ecological sense, but is far too, con in, too inconvenient for everyday life to catch on. I think that's not true. So I think it's doing its job already, very, very much so. So uh, most users um, of e-vehicles um, have a very positive experience. They usually, based on statistics, um, the vast majority don't jump back into a combustion engine car, and they they want to stick to this to this um, nice smooth driving and and with all the advantages um, combined with this one, and um, they they find their way to accept uh, the changes which which they need to do. To for, we talked about charging and so on, but um, they as a package accept that. So therefore, I think that's all true. That's that's the answer. I can only agree. I would say immobility is on the rise. I mean, first of all, if we start with a battery electric, like normal vehicles, yes, we already see it there. But you can also look at other use cases like e-Vespas, those e-kick scooters that we see a lot now in, in, in German cities and in so many other areas. So I would say, yes, immobility is already delivering today. So if you once tested it, you stick to it, and that's a good. That's at least a good news. But for those who haven't tested yet, there are so many questions in their head. How can we use it? How can we handle it? How how comfortable is that system? And therefore, I want to go on with our questions because one question I like it very much because it's pointing out to something which is very important. I mean, we can develop the best technology if no one uses that technology. It's it's just Yeah, it's, it's just a mess at the end. So here's the question from the audience again. What other changes in consumer attitudes and behavior are needed so to really make that shift possible to the electric or electrified mobility? 
So, so the usage of this, um, uh, well, let's let's start with the passenger car. Is I think uh, from A to B usually the same. So you would have the same, uh, maybe even, or I'm pretty sure, uh, more comfortable ride. Um, then it's about uh, the speed limit, uh, of course, coming up and so on. So you have some some changes there. Then, of course, charging. That's the main point, mostly. And um, I would expect that we that we change our, um, let's say, um, view on charging. Uh, not that you um, drive somewhere to charge, uh, but you park your car somewhere and it's charged uh, simultaneously. So you don't lose time in going to a gas station or driving to a gas station. You would just um, uh, do what you what you do anyhow if you if you drive somewhere. And from this A to B at B, it's charged while the the car is parking. If we look at other examples and try to learn um, um, from them. Um, I would use maybe Google. Obviously, the Google algorithm is one of the most complex algorithms um, mankind has ever created. I think we all agree to that. But the way to use that is actually super simple. I just have a box and I type something in. And to me, That is true for so many things. I mean, from a mobility perspective, there are already a lot of good solutions, a lot of good technologies from a vehicle level and everything. But we need to make that service easier. Everybody needs to be able to just use whatever vehicle, no matter if there are 20, 40, 60 or 80. And I think in your headline, turn or, or everything as a subscription, we really have to think about those services and make it more accessible um, for people. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. Um, adoption depends on simplici uh, simplicity. That's right. And um, which leads me to the next point, the next question, because you mentioned it already, the charging situation. I have to admit that's something which pre prevents me uh, from using an e-vehicle for a long journey because, first of all, I think, okay, when I'm right in the middle of nowhere and there's no uh, cha charging station, I'm lost there. And the second thing is, I have no idea how charging works. I mean, there's this card and sometimes you have a cable and what should I do? I have no idea. It sounds complicated. I don't want to do it. So this is probably what happens in my head and I think in a lot of other heads too. So here's the last question, I think, from our audience. Um, no, almost last question. Um, how can we switch to e-vehicles when most people who need a car don't have the opinion uh, of charging one where they live or even nearby. So that's the idea of uh, the fancy cool people in the city will use e-mobility but in fact they don't because they have no uh, yeah, no charging station at home so they have to park their car in the street and there's not everywhere a charging station. Yeah, it's an interesting thought uh, that that comes up because uh, nobody has a gas station at home. Um, so, and and if you're if you're a combustion, well, at engine, least to most of us. <laughs> uh, But uh, if, if it runs out of uh, gasoline, you also um, get lost somewhere. So, so I think that's, that's, that leads to this fear of, of losing something. And that's um, what, I, what I was telling just a few minutes ago, that I think that um, if you combine that driving, parking and charging, then it's not a, a separate activity 
to um, to refill your car, kind of. So it's more about the where where is a, a charging station and how powerful is it. And if you now see what's possible already, if it goes up to 300 kilowatts or or even uh, 100 kilowatts or even the 22 kilowatts um, wall box at a at discounters um, charge up your car. Um, nicely um, to go um, to go back home, and um, you you are there twenty to thirty minutes. So it's up to this, um, I, I think, to, to deliver that experience that people can do that. As we spoke about that already, seamlessly, easily. Also, the payment should be done automatically. It could be kind of a subscription with a certain shop that you get a discount on that um, uh, power that you charge there if you do the shopping over there. So you can combine that, and that's I think a package will. will convince a lot of people who have that fears right now. That is a good idea. I mean, charging a charging flat rate, that would be a great idea. I mean, that that is something I don't like. Uh, even in the cold uh, season of the year, I hate it to go out and then go inside this little uh, shop and then you have to pay. And then I always forget the number of my <laughs> of my uh, gas station. And I think, okay, what was it? Uh, two or three? Or, uh, that that one right <laughs> in, in, the, in the corner, that is my car. And that could be a really cool idea. I mean, think about it. You, you just jump out of the car, you charge it, and then with one click on your smartphone, it fully books itself and you say, okay, this is okay, and now I can drive away without having contact to anyone, speaking of the pandemic situation right now. That could be a great idea. But um, Christoph, how is your experience? Um, are the people really afraid of this charging and range thing or do you say yeah when we show them how to do it and we say okay it's probably more for the people who are driving smart uh, distance uh, uh, short distances it's not a problem at all for our customers i think axel has brought up a couple of very good points i mean first of all i 100 support um, that charging an electric vehicle is much more convenient than fueling another car because like just from so many perspectives payment you have to go to the petrol station obviously sometimes there is a certain smell on your hands afterwards so so i would say it's definitely more convenient second um all of the business models already go into the direction where you have the entire customer journey on your phone. So you just click on the charger, you just pay with PayPal, and afterwards you get your invoice. So that's good progress towards um, a subscription and a flat rate. And then thirdly, combining charging infrastructure with other business models makes sense. I mean, there is this this cluster of service infrastructure operators. So everybody that already operates a service infrastructure, retailers, restaurants, um, um, petrol stations, etc., Most of them have a natural interest of offering charging infrastructure. So, for example, if I do my my weekly trip to the food retailer, that visit usually takes 30 to 45 minutes. That's the perfect timing to fully charge my car and make it ready for the week again. So I would say that there are a lot, a lot of good things already there. 
having an invoice directly on a smartphone. I love it with those uh, sharing systems like Freenow or something you can pay with one click and then you have the invoice in your mailbox. That's something my tax accountant really likes because I always forget those little pieces of paper. <laughs> so this is something very, very good. Um, before we run out of time, I want to ask some questions uh, and maybe we can speed up a little bit um, because we were talking about those ecosystems we have to create so that e-mobility and uh, sustainable mobility uh, can came uh, can come true so where do you think have we have we start to rethink things for example design of roads um, charging stations charging systems or um, yeah the connection of infrastructure the users so us as a driver where do we have to start rethinking I think the driving itself is is pretty much the same. Um, we talked about ownership. Uh, that's maybe also something which is um, taking out some of the fears um, concerning battery life uh, cycle. So I think it's it's pretty convenient and easy to do that. It's it's really coming back just to the charging point. I think I think there is so much in we 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 just talked about. Um, Christoph mentioned that. Topics that um, we just see at the beginning. Think about that you uh, park your car and um, then, of course, the shop would know before you enter that you are coming. So you could think of um, that That also the shopping experience is different. You get a personalized um, invitation kind of on a screen. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for coming back. Um, we are glad to be here, that you are here. And, and we have this and this um, recommendation for you because um, we know what you buy usually or kind of. Um, so I think it's really just a small step uh, to get into that uh, environment and, and, and use that and the possible positives out of that um, is enormous and we just see the first steps out of that. Yeah, sometimes I think those ideas are restricted by our own creativity and our own mindset. So we're afraid sometimes of thinking that far. So um, let me add one question, um, which is also one of our audience questions. Where do you see the biggest challenges in working with uh, Trelleborg customers in terms of e-mobility and, of course, on the other hand, the opportunities? Yeah, so um, we see a quite diversity globally. So um, different markets, um, also different technology, um, let's say developments, also different experiences, um, which then uh, on the opposite um, uh, have an impact on the specifications that we see. And also, um, if you compare that to mature technologies, during the development phase, uh, things change also. Um, we, uh, we mentioned Tesla a few times, and, and, and they are, I think, a world record holder for, for changing specifications. Uh, because they are so dynamic and agile that um, during the development phase, they, they try to always bring in the newest um, information and, and feed that back to the suppliers. And this is something we, we see as a challenge. And um, this is for us uh, something which is kind of part of that e-mobility story that we see. Mm. Mentioning uh, Tesla, that leads me to a question uh, um, to startups. I mean, probably we can't say that Tesla is a startup anymore. I mean, this is one of the biggest competitors of the OEMs, the classical OEMs. But 
when I have a look at those OEMs, I always think that without any cooperation with a startup, they will would lose the trace. So it is important for them to cooperate with um, uh, startups. And since you founded a startup, Christoph, <laughs> what do you think? What contribution can startups uh, make in this in this case? First of all, um, it's super difficult to work in that industry and not turn into a Tesla fanboy because <laughs> they have delivered so much like from an e-mobility perspective. Um, if I look at one of their biggest problems, I mean, everybody who wants to sell electric vehicles struggles with charging infrastructure. So what Tesla did facing the same problem was build their own network of high power charging infrastructure across uh, the USA, but also across Europe. And I think that's a typical example of how a startup works because a startup doesn't have like all of the flexibility to wait. They have to work on things and they have to solve problems and they have to get it done. And um, that's why we see so many startups in there. And on the other hand, I think some of the old or older um, OEMs, they work with the assumption that people want to buy a car because it's a beautiful car, it's a nice brand, and obviously people want to have it. End of story. Now we go more into, also the title of this of this podcast, into an as-a-service model. So people don't want to have that car so much anymore. They want to go from A to B. And here, these startups, they can deliver then the disruption. <laughs> yeah, I think Probably. that, yeah, and, and they're not just only fast, They, I think they have another failure culture, so they're yeah. not afraid of failing. I um, once hosted a conference, and it was so funny because a manager said, uh, speaking of those uh, failure cultures uh, within the big group, and he said, I'm not afraid of failing. I'm just afraid of uh, admitting failing. And I <laughs> love that sentence so much because it was a joke, but it, it really pretty much made, made clear what's the point. So I, I like that um, mindset of the startups. And I think this is really a, a, a superpower. If you're creating a superhero uh, figure today, you have to say a superpower is flexibility, is uh, braveness, for example, braveness of failing. And another one um, is also flexibility and that leads me to our last point of the podcast for those who are listening to us all the time you know what's upcoming next our ceiling test for those who are listening the first time a ceiling solution has two main capabilities which are interesting in our uh, scenario right now because on the one hand i mentioned it already flexibility and on the other hand resilience resilience is the capability of a material to return to its initial state after a huge pressure so here's the A short question at the end, um, Axel. Where do you think have to we, we do we have to become more resilient and, on the other hand, more flexible to drive electrification forward, especially in 2021? So I, I think in 2020 we learned all that flexibility is is nothing which which um, uh, hurts. Uh, so it was it was. Um, useful for a lot of new experiences and if we take this into 2021 and and do the first test drives in in some e-vehicles uh, then i think uh, um, there will be a lot of people with good experiences in this and um, resilience uh, i would i would say it's it's about now bringing all this what we learned together over the last month into this new normal And combine that with what what worked good over the last um, decades, uh, and and that's uh, I think something where if the tension is released, coming back to the new normal should be the the task for all of us. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, probably hard to answer that question without looking at Corona. <laughs> um, the past month, months, they they have demonstrated um, that we can all be very good at changing our behavior. And that's maybe my, my resilient point. I mean, um, we didn't have a lot of opportunity to be on the road, to be somewhere. We, we all were at home, but it worked out okay. Um, and so maybe that's that's then the learning for, for the time being when we can be on the road again. And then the second point, flexibility. Um, maybe I want to encourage everybody to be more flexible in the year 2021 when it comes to uh, the travel and commuting behavior. So try out new things, be, be it an electric vehicle, be it a shared service or something else. Um, let's just be more flexible when it comes to mobility. Yeah, and I have to admit, you really hyped me up uh, for test driving an e-car all over uh, Germany, all through Germany. Maybe uh, you you accompany me, so that would be a cool experiment together. And uh, let's yes, see how absolutely. far we go yes. and if there is any any truth in those uh, urban legends. Yeah, well, thank you so much for your time and for your answers and all those insights. And for those of you who are listening the first time, uh, we've got plenty more episodes of Insights and Beyond targeting the real, yeah, let's say, main topics of our time, electrification, digitization, and of course, sustainability. So check out our other episodes. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to our channel so you won't miss any upcoming episode. And I have to mention a special thing because we made another episode together with Christoph and Axel. So if you say, yeah, that was pretty much interesting what they told me right now, you can uh, listen to the other podcast episode, just check our channel and then you'll find it. Thanks for now and uh, take care and I th I think we see us next time again. Thank you. Thank see you very next much. Time. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you don't want to miss anything, just subscribe to our podcast. And of course, we are happy to receive feedback from you. So we're looking forward to your ratings and comments. And of course, we still want to answer your questions. Therefore, feel free to write us at info.podcasts at trelleborg.com. Thanks a lot and see you next time. <laughs>